Grace Point Church podcast. This is a podcast where you're hearing sermon audio from Pastor Ben Hill, the pastor of Grace Point Church. In this special Easter episode, Pastor Ben continues his series, Who Do You Say I Am? This is the fifth and final part. Let's listen. Everybody say amen. amen. In case you were wondering, he is risen. He is risen indeed. Amen. For those of you that were here for the, how many were here for the sunrise service? We had a great time. We had 32 to 35 people here for the sunrise service. It was great. We had a, we had a super time, and, uh, and we did that. The, the, uh, the uh, what, okay, it just slipped me. The liturgy, the, yeah, but the, he is risen, he is risen indeed. So when you said that, the responsive reading, there you go. So, Pardon? There's something up there. The brain is messed up, right? Anyway, hallelujah, he is risen. We're continuing our look at individuals and asking this question, who do you say that I am? And as we've been doing this over the last few weeks, we've looked at some interesting folks and we've thought about how they viewed the Christ. And it comes down to this, even on a Easter Sunday morning, for each of us, we must ask ourselves the question personally and individually, who do you say that Jesus is? We can hear the stories, we can watch the movies, we can, uh, you know, see the, the different decorations and stuff that are put about for Easter, and we can think about the cross, but it comes down to individually, who do we say that Jesus is? Who do we know him to be? Do we just know of him or do we know him? You see, there's a radical difference between those two things. And so this morning we're going to continue our look and we're going to find and ask ourselves this question, who is Jesus? This morning we're going to look at someone that you all know well. She's named in all four Gospels in the talking about the resurrection and finding the empty tomb. Her name is Mary Magdalene. We don't know an awful lot about her, but we know so much about her at the same time. We know that she was a woman that, that, uh, that Jesus encountered, that encountered the Christ. And in his first initial encounter, he cast out from her seven devils or seven demons. So we know that she was a woman who loved him much because she had been forgiven much. He had rescued her. And so there was this deep passion in her heart for the Christ. And here we find her in this situation in John's Gospel, chapter number 20, verses 11 through 18, and we're going to read those together. But Mary stood, let me find it here, but Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. And as she wept, she stooped to look into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had lain, one at the head and one at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have lain him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary, she turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni, or she, he said to her, let me change that. Jesus said to her, Mary. 
in a familiar tone. And she turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, do not cling to me for I have not yet ascended to the father, but go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my father and your father to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And that he had said these things to her. It was quiet when we approached the tomb. Days before, there was noise wherever we went. Crowds cheering, sometimes yelling. But now in front of his tomb, I had gathered all my spices and oils intending to anoint the body. But when I got there, he was gone. Jesus changed my life. Ever since the day that I met him in Galilee, he rescued. And I followed him ever since. All the way to his death. But there was the tomb. And it was empty. My heart broke into a thousand pieces. I turned and there was a gardener. And I asked him if he knew where they had taken Jesus' body. But I recognized. It was Jesus. <laughs> it was my Lord. He taught us that his sheep would recognize his voice, and I knew him. I knew him the minute he said my name. I dropped to my knees. What else could I do but cling to him? I never wanted to let him out of my sight. But no. He had different plans for me. He wanted me to let the others know about the good news. I ran as fast as my legs would carry me, shouting like an excited child. He did it! He did it! He, he really did it! to an anoint a dead man and I left with truth that he is the overcomer of everything I all of us can never beat fear sorrow sin definitely not death that he is. I know who he is. Oh, I know who he is. He said that he would rise. And he most certainly is risen. He is the Savior. He is. He is the one true God. 
He is the Savior. I think about the change in tone there had to be in the heart of Mary as she was heading with her spices to anoint the body of her teacher, her Rabboni, her Lord, who she had watched die. And she was going out of a deep passion and love for him and a respect for him and she went with the spices to do what would be appropriate for the time. Still in her heart, remembering what she had seen. What her eyes had told her when she had watched him breathe his last breath. When she there at the cross had seen him suffer and bleed and die. She had seen them take him off the cross. And she had watched them place his body in a borrowed tomb. And yet she came back. Never mind the fear that maybe her association with him would come back in some way against her. She came anyway. And she came to anoint his body. She came to do all that she could do, the last that she could do. And we see from the scripture that she came and she was filled with sorrow as she came. And then her sorrow grew even greater when she saw that his body was gone. And in desperation she cried out, what have they done with him? Why have they taken him? But then we see the dramatic turn as her sorrow does turn into joy because she encounters once again the risen Savior. And oh, by the way, in case you didn't know it, he is risen. He is risen indeed. And he still today brings joy in times of sorrow. He still today rescues in times of heartache and pain. He still today brings strength in times of great weakness. Because as our actress said in her portrayal of Mary, he is an overcomer. So therefore, if he is in you, you have already overcome. Turns sorrow into joy. Well, I'll look at this message from this two points or two perspectives. And first of all, the first perspective is this, without understanding the resurrection. Because remember, Jesus had told them that he was going to die and that he would come back again. He had told them, but it was so foreign to their understanding of what is normal, what is customary, what is human, that they couldn't quite put it together. So in the midst of it all, what he had told them had gotten lost. 
So she came fully expecting to find the dead Jesus. She came fully expecting to do what was right in ritual for him in his death. She did not come expecting to find him not there. And certainly didn't come expecting to find him not only not there on the slab on which he was laying, but standing and talking. Amen? So we see from this perspective what we understand without understanding of the resurrection, certain things apply. The first thing I want you to notice is that there's much sorrow. We notice in verse 11, we said before, weeping. The word there in the original text is a word that literally means that, weeping. You know, we, we talk about that word in English a lot of times, and we use it kind of like if somebody's crying a little bit, oh, they're weeping. No, this was more than just crying a little bit. It was more than just tearing up, more than just getting wet-eyed. You know what I'm talking about? It was more than just kind of a little bit. She was weeping. In other words, the tears flowed. She sobbed. She hurt and ached in her heart as she expressed this sorrow in a way that's, that, that's difficult to explain. Anybody ever been there? If anybody ever been, had felt lost to that sense, to where your sides hurt and your heart hurts and your, your throat aches, and, and, you just, and you cry so much that you think your teardrops get the dry heaves? That was a joke, Al. You can laugh. Okay, thank you. I got one. What a courtesy laugh. He said, ha. Very good. In other words, you cry and cry and cry. There was much sorrow. Folks, listen. And without the understanding of the resurrection, just think if we had to face the things that we face in this world today without the knowledge and the understanding that Jesus is alive and that he has overcome, how much more difficult would it be to face those things? Right? But he definitely, she saw much sorrow without the understanding of the resurrection. But then secondly, we notice this, that without the understanding of the resurrection, you miss his sovereignty. Go back and look prior to where we read, but in verse number 9. Then the other disciples, verse number 8, then the other disciples who had reached the tomb first also went and saw and believed. Then verse 9. For as yet they did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. For as yet they did not understand the scriptures that he must rise from the dead. You see, without the understanding of the resurrection, you miss the sovereignty of God. Without the understanding of the resurrection, you miss the absolute power of our sovereign, holy God. You see, if God can and has defeated death, if God can and has defeated the grave, if God can and has brought death to life, there's nothing in your life that he can't handle. There's nothing in your life that's too big for him. There is nothing in your life that he is not sovereign over. Amen? But you see, when you don't understand the resurrection, you don't fully get it. You don't understand it more than just with the head, but with the absolute certainty of your heart and with your very soul. You miss the fact that God is sovereign no matter what. Are you in trial today? Do you find yourself in a place where it just seems life has ganged up against you? Anybody? Well, I want you to understand something. God's still sovereign. He's still on the throne. 
And to fully understand and appreciate that, you need to fully understand and embrace the reality of the resurrection. He is risen. He's risen indeed. And he's still in charge. Amen. Without the understanding of the resurrection, we see much sorrow. Without the understanding of the resurrection, we miss his sovereignty. Without the understanding of the resurrection, you mess up your sight. Look at verse 14. I love this. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing. So you would think, Eureka, right? But no, what does it say? But she did not know that it was Jesus. She did not know that it was Jesus. See, her eyes had shown her the reality of his death. Her eyes had shown her Jesus dying. Her eyes had shown her his body placed in the tomb. Her heart then established that he was gone. So even when her eyes focused on the reality that he was not still there, he was actually alive, it didn't register in her heart. Why? Because she didn't fully understand the reality of the resurrection. She wasn't anticipating it, so it messed up her sight. Can I tell you something? There are an awful lot of times I believe that we as believers, we look at our problems and we look at our situation and our circumstance and we look at them through the perspective and lens of our own limited understanding and ability to care for them. In other words, we look at them about with, with the perspective and our eyes saying, this is what I can do about it. And when we do that, we seem awfully limited. Amen. We don't see and recognize that God is still on the throne. We don't see and recognize that God is still at work, even when it looks bleak. Did you know that sometimes God is working in your life, even when you can't see it? Amen. You know that sometimes God is working in your life, even when it seems like the opposite is happening? Amen? But you see, with the full and complete understanding of the resurrection and the, notice and the sovereignty of a holy God, we begin to see things a little differently. But see, at that point in time, in verse 14, she couldn't really see what she saw. That's why Jesus said, hearing they do not hear. In her case, seeing she did not see. And I believe the same is true for you and us, you and me today, in so many circumstances and instances. But also, without understanding of the resurrection, it'll mess up your service. Now, look at this one. I love that. Look at verse 15. What does she say? Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you've laid him, and I will take him away. I got to thinking about that. I thought, what in the world does that mean? What she's saying is she wants to take the body in a place where she can make sure the body's respected. She's thinking, I'll take him with me so that he can be anointed properly and all the good things that happen, and we can do everything in our power to make sure that he is cared for and respected and remembered the way he ought to be. But she was going to take him away. And it dawned on me, wait a minute, because she didn't see him for who he was, because she had missed his sovereignty, because she was caught up in her sorrow of the moment, she was about to do something that we should never, ever do, and that's take him away from the middle of our circumstance and take him away 
from a place where he is seen and lifted high and tuck him away in a corner that fits us so that maybe things will just go a little bit better. I don't know about you, but the more this world pushes against the reality of the risen Christ, the more I want to stand and proclaim and shout that he is risen. Yes, he is risen indeed. You see, when we don't have a full understanding of the resurrection, we can mess things up. Can I get a witness? But then we're going to look at the second part. Not only do we see what it would be like without a clear understanding of the resurrection, but how about this one? With understanding of the resurrection, what will we have? Well, I'm glad you asked. Are you ready? Anybody got your pens ready? Some of you are Pennsylvanians. You're writing all this stuff down. I love it. Some of you are just lazy and you take pictures with your cell phones. That's cool, too. Some of you just wait for me to email you the PowerPoint. Amen? But here we go. You ready? With understanding of the resurrection, you will have what? First of all, you're going to have complete joy. See, what in the world do you mean, complete joy? Well, notice the turn this whole scenario takes in Mary's life and heart. You see there in, verse, in John chapter 16. Go back a little bit. John chapter 16, verses 20 and 22. Are you with me? What happened? I just... I bumped lots of buttons. All right, John 16, 20 and 22. Truly, truly, I say to you, you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice. You will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will turn into joy. So also you have sorrow now, but I will see you again. And your hearts will rejoice, and no one will take your joy from you. Can I get, listen, read that with me again. I want everybody to just read this out loud. You say, oh, so silly. No, I want you to hear it. And I want you to hear it in your own voice. Are you with me? All right, here we go. Truly, truly, I say to you, you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice. Stop. Does the world seem to be all happy and, and pr- proud of itself? So often it does, doesn't it? But now with me, watch this. You will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will turn into... 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 Okay, good. So also, you have sorrow now, but I will see you again. And your hearts will rejoice and... I want you to read that again. All right, this time on three, and you're all going to get it at the same time and really loud. One, two, three. No one will take your glory from you. Listen. I, I, ugh. Do, you, do you ever read something in Scripture and it just is like an arrow piercing your heart? You ever do that? And it's like you're going, ouch. Guilty as charged. Listen, I'm telling you, I am the world's best powder. Yep, have you ever seen an Easter egg pout? It's me. <laughs> I, I can pout. I mean, I mean I've, Debbie's looked at me and said, you, are you going to ride to town on that lip or what? Because I can pout with the best of them. And I pout when something happens that I don't like or something happens that I think is wrong, or something happens to me, and I can get so easily down. I allow somebody to do what? 
steal my joy. But you see, when I do that, it's because I don't have a clear understanding of the resurrection. I don't clearly understand the sovereignty of a holy God, and I don't clearly, clearly understand the truth of his word, because if I did, I would remember that no one can take my joy from me. <laughs> you may take away my candy, but you can't take away my joy. Amen? Hallelujah. Complete joy. But then secondly, I want you to notice this. Clear sight of the master. With the understanding of the resurrection, you'll have clear sight of the master. Look, look at verse 18 of our, of our primary passage. Here's what it says. When I find it. Well, 16 is what I meant. Yeah. Jesus said to her, Mary... And she turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabbanai, which means teacher. Think about that. The word that he said to her was her name. And he said to her her name in a tone that was familial. He said to her her name in the original text, it's a tone that was endearing. In other words, he said, dear Mary. Sweet, dear Mary. She heard him and she recognized it. There'll be clear sight of the master in that instance. Folks, listen. Did you know that Jesus has a name for you? You, you look at me like, well, yeah, duh. It's on my birth certificate. Right? How many of you have, have a name or a nickname that, you, that people that are close to you use that's not on your birth certificate? Yeah? All right? Think about it. There is a name that Jesus has for you. There's a name that Jesus calls you. And he calls you. Remember he says, my sheep hear my voice and they hear me and they know me and I know them. There is a name that Jesus uses to call you. And it's in a tone and it's in a voice that only he can use. It's that time when Jesus comes up to you, even in the, in the now, when you're reading his word and you're praying and you're talking, and there's that voice that comes and you know without a shadow of a doubt that you are hearing from the very spirit of God. And it's so dear. And it's so near. You see, Jesus, even though Mary looked at him and didn't see him, even though he, she looked at him physically and in her doubt did not recognize who he was, he still called to her in that endearing, sweet, personal name that he had for her. Folks, can I tell you the same thing is true today? Have you ever disappointed the Lord? Okay, nobody raised their hand. What does that mean? Because it's just a given, right? We all know we have. But you know that even when we have disappointed him, he still looks at us with the same loving eyes. He still calls out to us with the same endearing name. Why? Because he's already purchased us. 
He's already cleansed us from all unrighteousness. And he loves us unconditionally and he just wants us to acknowledge that so that he can locally cleanse us <laughs> of that which hinders our relationship with him. I, I'm telling you, when we understand the resurrection, folks, when this Easter Sunday brings about in us a deeper, more complete, full understanding of the reality of the cross, the burial, and the resurrection, then we will more clearly see Jesus and who he is. Colossians 1.26 says, The mystery hidden for ages and generations, but now revealed to his saints. How many of you are born again? How many of you belong to Christ? You have been saved by his grace. Hands up, nice and high. Got it? Guess what? You're a saint. Now, you may not smell like it, but you are. Okay? Oh, oh, you may not act like it. Maybe that's better, right? But you still are, right? With understanding of the resurrection, you'll have complete joy. With understanding of the resurrection, you'll have clear sight of the master. With understanding of the resurrection, you'll have third, compulsion to go and tell. Boy, I love this. Look at verse number 18. Now we're at 18. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord, and that he had said these things to her. He, she told him to do it, right? But she went and announced, I have seen the Lord, that he had these, said these things to her. Guess what? Jesus is alive. He saves. Right? There is forgiveness in him. There's hope in him. There's salvation in him. There's life upon life upon life everlasting in him. There is good news in the reality of the gospel of Christ. There is great news in the resurrection of Jesus. And knowing and understanding that should be a compulsion to us to go and tell somebody that he is risen. Acts 1.8 says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. It's just amazing to me the number of times I, I can think of my own life and then I, I hear others and other people say that, Yes, I love the Lord. Yes, I'm saved. Yes, I know that He's forgiven me. Yes, I know the truth of the gospel. I understand that. But I just get tongue-tied and, and, and I just I can't bring myself to tell anybody else. Folks, listen. If we don't fully understand the resurrection and the awesome power of His might that brought Jesus from that grave is the same awesome power that brought us from death to life spiritually. It's the same awesome power that resides in us in the person of the Holy Spirit of God. If we fully understand and appreciate that, then we can look at that fear and that trepidation for telling somebody else that Jesus saves and we can look it straight in the eye and we can go... I stayed far enough away, you didn't get wet, Kendra. Right? When there's a clear and full appreciation and understanding of the resurrection, you will have a compulsion to go and tell. Look, at, listen, listen to me. Can I just get brutally honest with us? Okay, and I said us because guess what? I wear these boots for a reason because the toes are tough. 
Got it? When we fail to embrace the opportunity to share the good news of Christ, we are saying that the power of the resurrection is not enough. enough. Power of the resurrection is not enough for us to take the chance that somebody might look at us like we're goofy. <laughs> Can I tell you something? I'm looking out at you. Thank you. And for every time you think, boy, you sure are goofy, I'm right back at you, baby. <laughs> You're goofy too. Amen. So, preacher, now you should convicted. I'm telling you the truth. I'm not telling you to get a 25-pound coffee table Bible and go into the mall and beat people <laughs> with it. That's not what I'm saying. Thank you. Yeah. What I'm saying is that listen. If we fully understand and appreciate the resurrection the power of the resurrection and recognize and understand that that is the power that resides in us. And that he has told us to go out into the world to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. And he has instructed us and compelled us to tell others. Then how can we be silent? The world needs to hear that he has risen. See, a full understanding and appreciation of the resurrection will cause us to run. Remember, as fast as her little legs could carry her, <laughs> she ran to tell him the truth. Well, number four is the confidence of heaven. You say, what in the world? Well, I, I just thought of this perspective. You ready? John eleven twenty five. 25. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. Do you believe that? Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. I tell you what, I spend so much time worrying about this life. I spend so much time worrying about whether I get this right or that right, say this right or say that right, hurt this person's feelings or not hurt this person's feelings. I spend so much time obsessing <laughs> over the tiny little microscopic infantile things of my own meager existence that I miss the reality that this world is just temporary that I am going to live forever in glory. And boy, oh boy, oh boy. The things that he asks me to do down here are small. <clears throat> in comparison to that which he has provided and will provide for all eternity. Hello? <laughs> John 3.16, you all know it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not what? Perish. But have everlasting, <laughs> everlasting eternal 
<clears throat> Folks, listen. Mary Magdalene had an incredible encounter that day with the risen Christ. Her encounter with him radically changed her sorrow into joy. But it was oh so much more than that. Her radical encounter with him and his resurrection that day changed her from a woman who was reeling and recovering from a life that was tormented by seven, seven separate demons. And in that moment, I believe Jesus clearly pulled her from the ashes of that existence and pointed her to a reality that she could no longer lose because he had overcome. Amen. He had risen. He had defeated death, hell, the enemy. She had in him everlasting life. Folks, can I tell you something? As we encounter the resurrected Christ this day, may it not just be another Easter where we get together with family and some of us are, are the, the CEOs. We're, we're, we're the CEOs of the church. We go Christmas and Easter only. CEO, get it. Need it on the slide to say I don't have it here. Sorry. Yeah. And some people say that derogatorily. I don't. Are you with me? Are you hearing me? I say that as tongue-in-cheek, but I don't say derogatorily. So you come, to, you come to church Christmas and Easter only? Hallelujah, you're here. Mm -hmm. and, and not just here, but somewhere. Can I, can, hello? Amen. 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 Okay, you're awake. Yeah, you've been up a long time, brother. Waiting the car in the cold and all that stuff. Man, you are doing it, son. And guess what? He's alive. He is risen. The confidence in heaven, I didn't even The confidence in heaven was secured in her. If you and I will approach this Easter Sunday and the reality of the resurrection and we see it for ourselves through the eyes of Mary Magdalene and we see it for ourselves through the perspective that she saw it, then guess what? I believe we can through his power, through his spirit, and through the truth and the voice that he would whisper to us today, we can see that we can leave behind the ashes of a desperate past. We can leave behind the anvil of our past defeat. And we can look forward and see that our eternity is secure in Him. Hello? Amen. And that we cannot lose because He is alive. Amen. 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 If you're here this morning and you've never gotten to that place 
You may have been a, you may be a believer. You may have understood and, and you've prayed and asked Jesus to forgive you right. You understood that he died on the cross and he was buried and rose again. You get all that stuff and, and you knew you needed him and you just said, Lord, save me. And you know, but you still struggle in the reality that you live in this flesh self that always seems to tear and pull us down. That I want you to know through the power of the resurrection, you can leave that behind because if you hear his voice he tells you I am the resurrection and the life and no one can steal your joy from you because he's overcome maybe you're here and you've been a believer but you've never lived that way and I invite you today to take him to your very the reality of Mary Magdalene's perspective. And see Him as He calls you by that intimate and special and personal name. Respond, Rabbi, Teacher, Master, Savior, Lord. Follow Him. Or perhaps you're here today and you've never trusted Christ. You've never surrendered your, your life to Him. You've never, you've never really fully understood that He came, went to the cross, and He died and he rose again. And He did it because you needed Him to. Maybe you've never fully grasped that. It's not just that Jesus died for the world. Jesus died for you. Fill in the blank. Your name inserted here. Because you desperately need a Savior. If that's the case, boy, I can't think of a better time than this Easter Sunday morning to just simply step out of wherever you are and leave it behind and embrace the reality of the resurrection and ask Jesus to come into your life and forgive you your sin and put you into His family and give you the hope of everlasting life. Hey, man, what better? I can't think of a better thing to do. Whatever it is, as we sing an invitation hymn, I don't want it to just be the fact that you're supposed to close a, a service with a hymn or a song or whatever it is. I don't want it to just be we're supposed to do that. I want it to be a real time of reflection for each and every one of us. What is it that the resurrection tells us today? Well, you respond. If you need Christ, come. Be forever changed. Be forever saved. You need to put the past behind and grasp the hope and the future of the resurrection. And we thank you, Lord, that we can say with confidence and assurance that you are alive because you have risen. We have life in you, life everlasting. So, Father, I pray that you would bless each and every one of us that have gathered here this day. Strengthen us, encourage us, oh God. Use us as a vessel to share the truth of your love and forgiveness and your resurrection with someone else. And may we be changed going forward because you are alive. Bring us back again, Lord, in the next appointed time so that we might worship you the Spirit and the truth. We love you. In Jesus' name. Amen.
have been listening to the Grace Point Church podcast. To find out more information about Grace Point Church, go to our website at www.gracepointsc.org. You can also like us on Facebook at Grace Point Church SC. Follow us on Twitter at Grace Point SC, Instagram, Grace Point Simpsonville, Snapchat, and LinkedIn. You can also listen to Pastor Ben's other sermons on YouTube or subscribe to this podcast. Thank you for listening.